1: dnvr broncos live coming to you from studio a here at a jam-packed dnvr bar two hours before puck drop of course the a stands for avalanche as it has all week yep uh and i love what i'm seeing right now uh there's plenty of room like i don't want to discourage anyone from coming down here but for two hours before puck drop it's looking it's looking nice down there
0: it's gonna be a big night i'm so fired up like i also love that we have a booth to sit in because my legs are kind of tired from golfing all day. Yeah, but this is gonna be it's such a, tough a life wild out night there for Hank and I.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, we just came from the Hope Kids Charity Golf Classic. What a great event they put on out there! Um, I have a good feeling they raised a lot of money. Me too. They did a great job of making sure if you came out and you participated in the tournament, you were chipping in for a good cause for the kids. Mm-hmm. Which I, I tip my cap to them for that. I think that's awesome. Uh, and we had an absolute blast. It was Henry and I and Eric Weedham, D-Line Co., you might know him, and uh, one of our great members, Michael Harrison, who played great today. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I thought he was a great great addition to the squad, yep. and I can't thank those guys enough for reaching out to us. They just reached out to us a couple days ago. They are like, hey, do you guys want to come to play in our tournament? And we, we jumped in on it. I think we're going to partner with them with something in the future, basically what Hope Kids does is they get together with families with children who are dealing with life-threatening illnesses and just try to do cool things uh how, you know whether it's a night out of the game or maybe they're going to do something cool here at the dnvr bar um so really appreciate them couldn't say enough great things about the way they put that tournament on i thought it was really well organized uh a, a scramble with tea times not a shotgun i thought that was awesome it was really helped pace of play uh, but
0: i think we we posted a pretty low number Henry we really did I yeah. we I don't think we'll win just because it always takes like some freakish like there's always somebody who's like yeah. three shots in front of everybody because well, they cheated
1: and, and we like there were some you know again raising money for the kids there were some like if you paid like a thousand dollars on one of the holes you could get a one on a par five like we don't have it like that, <laughs> um, so we can't do those yeah. sorts of things. I'm sure someone out there did. The question is, are mm-hmm. they rich and good at golf? The uh, problem is, oh. usually those two things go together really well. They
0: are <laughs> correlated. They are correlated. <laughs> we we did so much to help those kids today, Ryan. We, uh, I we honestly did. We really did. We
1: stretched ourselves pretty. <laughs> <thin> <laughs> out there.
0: We did. We did. But I mean, it was a good day. Yeah. Got yeah. a couple free drinks. Got breakfast burrito and lunch. Awesome. Two cookies. Great stuff, uh, so thanks again to Hope Kids. Okay,
1: our topic today is not the Colorado Avalanche, as tempting as that may be. Um, so tempting. We might talk a little bit about it, but one thing we haven't talked about yet on this podcast is who's going to be the tacklesman of this defense. You know, like that term? Uh, I, I think we can do better. It's like a marksman. It's In a way, except marksman is what dope. What do you call like the cowboys who... A lovely. wrangler, yeah, is that what that is? Josie's kind of a wrangler, he kind of is a wrangler, he's got some wrangler vibes. He's also an angler, I think that's a term for someone who goes fishing. That is, Did yeah. You see, like, yeah, the other day he posted a picture, really? he caught, I think it was a musky that was like
0: <sighs> this big. See, I mean, that's it when you're a pro athlete, like, if you go fishing, somebody's going to take you to catch the biggest fish. Ooh. Like it, it becomes so this is like easier. money
1: and golf goes together. Well, just like money and fishing. Goes yeah, together like
0: well. Derek wolf Just like hunted that bear and carried the bear out on his back. You're like, yeah that. Yeah, a lot of well, it just happened to be right before he got his second surgery that Ravens fans said they didn't think he needed so the Ravens fans were happy about that either Ravens fans
1: are litigating whether or not a player needs surgery
0: there was a story that was written, and I can't remember where it was written. It was like some blog or something, but big enough to pop up for me to see it. Yeah. Basically saying, Derek Wolf has been stealing money from the Ravens, and now he's out. And it's like, oh, wow, you're just putting that in print. Like, you're I willing would, to say like, that. Even if I felt that about Derek Wolf, I probably wouldn't put that out there. No,
1: absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. I was so, like, Derek Wolf, I had a good relationship with him when he was here in Denver, mm-hmm. but he is a scary individual
0: uh yeah i mean like that the the backstory just the size the the fact that he's an nfl defensive lineman for god's sake like everything about him is terrifying
1: the way i would put it is like quinn minerts if you just saw him in a bar you'd be like i don't want to mess with that guy you know but Mm -hmm. then you talk to him you're like oh this is a good dude dude. he's hilarious Derek wolf you talk to him and
0: you want to mess with him Mm -hmm. less absolutely i mean that's because like what was he good at you know like I feel like being you mean and exactly, angry. it's just being mean. Yeah. it's like, are you a good pass rusher? It's like, yeah, sorta. Just strong, not because you're like quick vicious. twitch or anything. It's like you're just mean.
1: Just like the the, the the like want to just like grab
0: you and throw you, and the ability as well, yes. and the practice behind all that. Yes. Yeah, there's a at CU the the tight ends coach. They have a whole bunch of young tight ends, but one of the things he's preaching is there's some movie, uh, somebody somebody watch might know, um, but but it's like 500 street fights. Like, once you get 500 street fights, you become, like, a street fighter. You're a tough guy. And so, like, all these freshman tight ends are like, yeah. He says, like, if we just go practice, fight these defensive ends 500 times, we'll be good at it. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it is kind of just reps. I don't think that, like, I love you, Hank, but I
1: don't think 500 street fights would make you any better. You would just get your ass beat 500 uh, times. Oh, you
0: don't think street <laughs> fight number 501 I hold my own? <laughs> if you're
1: – it like – the people I imagine getting in street fights, like, no matter your practice, I just don't think you're beating them.
2: Wait, we did a TikTok at DNVR once at who you would want to take in a fight the to back you up in a street fight. Yeah. And uh, Hank, unsurprisingly, got a mention. Let's go. From who? It was uh, someone saying that he would need, like, the baby face would, throw, I think it would was, throw things off. I think it was Eric saying that. No, I think it was Andre. Andre said he would
1: choose Henry because Henry would like start doing bit comedy and end the fight so they yes. wouldn't have to
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, that's what it was. That's what it was. So see, that's what you do on your 501st fight.
0: Yeah, maybe. It's really good. <laughs> and then you <laughs> sneak attack. It's so funny. You will break down laughing. <laughs> it's really hard to fight if you're laughing. <laughs> know. Turns out it's not hard to putt. Speaking of,
1: yeah, 17th hole, Eric made like 20-footer. Yeah. For birdie while giggling intensely.
0: <laughs> it was when we were comparing my club head speed to the worst PGA pros. Yep. Because that's what I clocked in at. They tracked it. Yeah, they tracked our
1: clubhead speed <laughs> on one of the holes, and Hank hit a bomb. 297-yard yeah. carry, wasn't it?
0: 294 in the air.
1: 294-yard carry. And then we saw the club head speed, and it was like, what, 113? 113. 113. We're like, that seems like he's moving it. And yeah. we started pulling up the PGA pros. Who are you right next to? Uh, I was just oh, behind Webb Simpson. Just behind
0: Webb Simpson. <laughs> just in front of Ernie Els.
1: <laughs> the funniest thing, if you ever watch a PGA event that involves Webb Simpson, the first thing the announcers say is like, yeah, he can't really hit it far, but, <laughs> man, does he toss those irons in there and putt well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we really got Eric going on that one. But, see, that that maybe that would be a good move. That's not what Derek Wolf does. No, Derek Wolf just beats your ass. Yeah.
1: Um, How did we get here? We were going to talk about who's going to lead the Denver Broncos in tackles this year. And I think there's a leading candidate. Easily. In Josie Jewell. Easily. But – I think that it's not a foregone conclusion based on the fact that he's coming back from a serious injury, and we're just, I would say, crossing our fingers that he's the guy that he looked like in the first three weeks of last season, our first two weeks, however many he Definitely.
0: played. Definitely. Definitely. Before you jump in, want to try to name the leading tacklers from last year? Who? Top three. There's a tie for third.
1: There is so many injuries I know. in the tackling positions. <laughs> yes. All right, um, I'm gonna say Justin got in the top three.
0: He's number two. Okay. 80 tackles.
1: Okay, Justin Simmons had 80 tackles as number two. That's a big number for safety. Alex Singleton had what, like 120 or something? Yeah, last something year? like that. Something big. Um, okay, number was there Alexander Johnson? No, he was hurt too. He was
0: hurt. Is he there... had 32 tackles. Oh
1: my God, was there
0: any linebackers who played? Like... There's one linebacker that's in there. He's tied for third.
1: Jonas Griffith?
0: No. <laughs> Where was... Uh, he was... Let's see, what was that? One, four, five, six, seven... He was eighth with 46. Oh, my God. Am I just... Is this a bad... Bad by me? Not really. Okay. I, I was surprised. This is why I wanted to do it, was for this guy in particular.
1: Justin Cernad?
0: <laughs> no, no. He's... Uh, he...
1: Yeah. Okay. You can stop scrolling. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who else played a bunch of snaps? I am blanking entirely. Uh, number one, Kareem Jackson. Okay. Well, I wasn't talking number oh, one. I I, we were,
0: oh my god! I thought we were
1: talking number three. You okay. said there was a linebacker in the top three, so I was trying to get that. Well, well. I think I would have guessed Kareem after we eliminated whoever this was. Who is the third? Baron Browning. Oh, okay, that's on me. Yeah. But
0: but still, like, you, I wouldn't have thought he would have gotten into the top 3. Like it didn't seem like he was doing that much. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Tied with Pat Sertan. That's not good. No, it isn't. Until, I mean, uh only one tackle for loss. Yeah, that's yeah. not good at all.
1: It's not good. That I mean, I'm exactly. proud of him. What did he have?
0: Uh 58, I think.
1: That's a lot, man. Yeah. And I don't feel like a lot of those – maybe a lot of that is just him Mm -hmm. allowing a short catch in front of him and just not giving up anything more. I think so. He wasn't, like, chasing people down ever.
0: No. Behind him, Ronald Darby with 53, then Kyle Fuller with 51.
1: So, Baron Browning is the highest linebacker.
0: Yeah. I mean – Does he have any case?
1: We don't even know where he's playing. I mean, they are – they keep telling us he's playing outside. Yeah.
0: And then they're, they're, like, comparing him to Von Miller. And that's the thing, though. It's like it's it's this weird uh, – Baron Browning is a good football player. We know he's a good inside linebacker. They say he's a great outside linebacker, so they want to play him outside. There's – as a great outside linebacker, like, is it even worth it? Especially if you're taking those snaps from Nick Benito, if it is worth it to move him out there. Like, it's such a strange conversation. Like, do we play him where he's at his best and try to develop him, or do we just – give him a better chance to get out on the field
1: i mean the positional value of a very good pass rusher is so much better than Mm -hmm. a very good inside linebacker that if they're really convinced about this and they're right yeah they make the right move by having baron browning be an outside linebacker but remember it is such a crowded room Mm -hmm. where you also just use your top draft pick and your top free agent acquisition on that position so like in a perfect world your highest draft pick and your best, your bit, your most expensive free agent acquisition, pan out, and that's your <laughs> pass rush duo for the next, you know,
0: three years. Totally. I mean, you wonder what the snap counts are going to be like because uh, there's going to be some level of rotation. It seems like Chubb is usually at, like seventy percent of the downs played. So if you, the, the thing is, like you're probably taking Gregory off for the pass rushing downs, giving those to Benito. If it's Chubb and Benito, and then maybe in that true 3 4 early downs, you have Baron Browning and Randy Gregory, or Gregory like splitting the pass rushing stuff with Benito a little bit. I'd love to ask Zach if we've seen Bradley Chubb
1: down at all. Yeah. In the like, could you play Draymond, DJ Jones, and Bradley Chubb with Browning, Gregory,
0: you know, Jonas and Josie? And I would lean toward Gregory, with his hand in the dirt, over Chubb. Over Chubb. but I mean, I could be, I could totally be wrong about that too. I just, and we just know that he's done that the last couple of years. He has, but he's I still excited to
1: Chubb, And I like look, I just feel like he can hold his own.
0: He should be able to.
1: Yeah. Didn't Chubb
2: play D end in
1: college? He yeah. kind of played everything. Like they lined him up, but he did have his hand in the dirt a lot.
0: Yeah, and, and coming in, I mean, I I thought his best fit would just be as a four three defensive end. Yeah. And they, they kind of coached him up differently. And I mean, when he's been on the field, it's worked out. It's – I mean, that's, that's just such – it's hard to project tackles, especially because you don't gizme from the outside anyway. And with all those injuries and the rotations, who knows?
1: So let's move on to this question of who is going to lead the Broncos this year. My thing with Josie and why I think it might not be him, or this could be the answer as to why it is going to be him – The question to me is, who is the guy who stays when they go to Diamond Nickel Downs? And I think unless Jonas Griffith shows an extremely high football IQ, I think you probably just stay with Josie. Because you know that he's not going to make a big mistake. Yep. And you're just like, hey, Josie, we need you to just cover this little area here. Don't, you know, don't guess on anything. Don't make any mistakes. Mm -hmm. And... He ends up being the guy who stays in those passing downs on the field, but Jonas Griffith profiles so perfectly for that yep. role that if he breaks through, then I think he's the one who stays on the field, and I think he's the one who ends up at leading the team on tackles.
0: It's really hard. I mean, it seems like in a vacuum, what you'd want to do on just in just true passing situations. Is just put the better, more athletic cover linebacker out there. But I mean, we got in the chat the green dot. Like the that is dot, that is a huge factor. Like if not you, in this conversation because the Justin green dot's going Simmons. to Justin Simmons. Uh, that's good to know. I was I was just about to say there's one guy who's on the field every play and should be, and that's Justin, Justin. Simmons. So yes. that makes sense they do that. And like you worry about the kind of interconnectedness of the front seven and back seven when you give that to a safety. Ivero
1: gave it to a safety
0: last year as well. Uh, I don't seem to work out for him.
1: Uh, who who was even their safety group? I know Weddle I came in for the was, playoffs. But. I think it was
2: Troy Hill, right? or is he not? Is he still on the Rams?
0: Man, I don't know.
1: Um, but I do know that that's the way he likes to do it. Um, and yeah, I've always you, I like that. Jos- or uh, sorry, uh, Justin's gonna have to be very vocal to get you know, essentially get the message mm-hmm. to the to the defensive line. He's gonna have to be coming forward, and mm-hmm. you know whatever. But I think he's the most he's the highest iq on the field Easily. he's the player who should be on every single down and has been you know in, in years past and then i thought as soon as i heard that news that kind of opened the door for me is ah they want a little more flexibility mm-hmm. with what linebacker they bring out there on on third down
0: I get, like it's flexibility though it's not like now we get to get josie off the field it's the ability to pick and choose in situations or based on matchups like It might be kind of counterintuitive, but when you play the Chiefs, I think it'd be really easy to say, put four rushers on the line of scrimmage, put Josie out there as your tackler. That run game's done. And that's five players you've used. What run game? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you don't need to commit all that much. That other linebacker cannot even look in the backfield. And then all of a sudden you've freed up six different people, another linebacker, the safeties, the corners, and they can all just sit back because you have Josie and because he does so much in the running game. And so while it's easy to look at the more – passing type situations now like a third and 14 you don't even have to look at the run game anyway but on a a second and eight second and nine it is nice to be able to throw Josie out there and say okay handle the run put Sternad or Jonas Griffith or whoever next to him Caden Stearns next to him if you want and we're going to be just fine against the pass and the run
1: I think I think there's a lot of options there and I like that Mm -hmm. versatility by not having the green dot there. Uh, interesting comment from Jose, who says the top tackler for the Rams was a safety, uh, and four out of the top six were DBs. Linebacker and that,
0: rotation? They had injuries too, right? Yeah,
1: and that also brings Kareem into the into the fold for me. Now, it could also be Justin, um, but I think I can see Ivero looking at Kareem as a more of a weapon than a traditional safety and just saying, like, mm-hmm. he has so much speed to the ball that you can just put him anywhere yep. and let him go wreak havoc. I mean, yep. you could – if you really loved Caden Stearns, you could put Kareem down mm-hmm. as the linebacker yeah, uh, in, in Diamond Nickel. Or
0: put him in K1, K1 Williams' spot. Yes. Play more nickel even against heavier looks from the offense.
1: And, and that's what you love about Kareem. That's why I love Kareem is yeah. he's essentially a, lo- a really, really fast linebacker in a small body.
0: Yes, and it seems like every year we're talking about, like, oh, you know, is it Caden Stearns who gets a start over Kareem? Is it whoever? Is it time for Kareem to go to the bench? And and it feels silly to do it again because every time Kareem is just an every-down player for the Broncos. But at this point, he's 34, so how can you not have that conversation again? And if you were trying to bet on who the leading tackler is going to be for the team— the fact that he is 34 and you might want to save his legs a little bit and you might want to get Caden Stearns more reps in there, you wonder if, if that takes his, you know, 88 tackles from last year and turns that into 65. Yep.
1: All right, I'm going to get us to go on record about who it's going to okay. be in a second, but first want to remind you guys to come down here, hang out at the NVR bar on Avs game days. We know there's tonight. You've still got a couple hours to get down here mm-hmm. uh, and squeeze in. You know, I always say get in where you fit in. Wherever you can, there's always room if you have enough imagination. Um, also, come down Friday. That's going to hopefully be the the one, the one that is going to be the, the biggest party here. Uh, hopefully, the Avs take care of business tonight, and that has a chance to be a clincher. What's crazy is even if they don't win tonight, then that game becomes so important cool. that... It's going to be even crazier in here. So um, I think Friday, if you can't make it down tonight, is going to be an incredible night at the DNVR Bar. And when you come down, make sure you're drinking Breck Brews. We've got eight on tap here. We've also uh, got good company hard seltzers, all that other good stuff that you love from Breck Brewery. But when you're a member, you're going to get member-sized Breck Brews. Mm-hmm. 22 ounces for the price of $16. It is a great deal. They're big. They're delicious. They're ice cold. So come down to the DNVR Bar and get that. And also, usually Zach's here to help me with this DraftKings Sportsbook, <laughs> <laughs> um, where you can bet five to win $150 on any NHL Stanley Cup final game. So you bet on $5 on the Avs money line. Whether they win or lose, hopefully they win. You're going to get $150 in free bets to use and jumpstart your account. Uh, those get paid out in $25 free bets, so you just get a bunch of $25 free bets to toss around on whatever you like. I think it's a great way to get started betting. Um, Hank, you got what are, What's your favorite pick of the night?
0: Oh, I hadn't checked yet. Um, I'm just going maybe just it. regulation. ABS ABS money line. Forget okay. regulation. Just. Give me the dub. Yeah, I feel like that's the way to go,
1: especially because I think it's minus one fifteen. Last I checked, so you're still getting good value. Good value. Um, I kind of. I think Kale goes crazy tonight.
0: Like C- it Cadre's back. A Cadre goal could be a fun bet. Oh, that could be fun. Is that official? I don't think it's official. Okay. Uh, but either way,
1: make sure you get in on the action at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, of course, you must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And again, make sure to use that code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings Sportsbook. All right, Henry. Let's handicap this first. Okay. Josie's minus 200.
0: Yeah. Who's next? It's the injuries that concern you. Like, could injuries move that to minus 150? I'll go minus 200. Um uh, with with those concerns that I brought up with kareem and just like how much is he on the field I think Justin Simmons might be the next option I think that's I think that's a good bet but I think that's all the way up like plus 150. yeah yeah I and think I think so, too. that's
1: where the value would be probably especially because of Jose's comment about how safety led them in tackles last year it's definitely not a bad sign
0: from there is where it feels like it opens up like you could throw Kareem in there. I don't think you could put Caden Sturns in there. I still think there's just no, too no. much of a gap there. Um, like Alex Singleton, could he just wind up being the other linebacker? I think there's a real chance that like maybe we're overvaluing Jonas Griffith a little bit and undervaluing because, I mean, Alex Singleton, Josie Jewell, those are the kinds of linebackers that get undervalued. Like, like outsiders are just like, ah, you know, he's not all that fast. He doesn't do whatever. But then you talk to a football coach. And a football coach is like, oh, yeah, that guy, he gets football. like, And you wonder if Singleton's out there a bunch. And to be fair, we know we learned the hard way last season why coaches
1: love those linebackers. Yes. Because you saw, you know, Justin Cernat and Barrington Wade and all these other guys really struggle to be in the right spots. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how val- – I mean, Hank, you've been watching CU Football. Like, when Nate Landman came off the field, this is a guy who was in the right spot on every play almost yeah. unequivocally. And he he gets injured, and you're putting, you throw anyone in there, and all of a sudden they're in the wrong spot too fast. Yeah, and they're turning their head because the running back's going the other way. So, there is a lot of value in in linebackers who just know exactly where to be. Totally. And Singleton and Josie are absolutely in that crowd. I w- I think it goes Josie, Justin, Kareem, and then you might have to put, uh, you probably have to put Jonas Griffith there but Singleton's uh. right behind. Him. Jonas, he's gotten like praise from the coaches, mm-hmm. you know, all that all the stuff that you would point to to say he's going to be in there. But Singleton, man, I mean, he led the le- the Eagles in tackles the last 2 years straight.
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Easily. The dude
1: is a tackling machine. So if he's on the field, he will be making tackles.
0: Absolutely. I mean, especially like, again, knock on wood when you say things like this, but if you don't have Ju- Josie for whatever portion of the season, Alex Singleton is just a plug-and-play Josie right there. You know, that that is very clearly who fits into that role. And, I mean, maybe in that world you look to Alexander Johnson, and I would look at Alexander Johnson in free agency regardless. But when you have somebody, I mean, what, 137 tackles last year, 120 the year before that. Like, those are just, you can't compete with those numbers.
1: Yeah, it's hard to rate him so low. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But you would think he has has to have an injury to get the playing time because you're he's taking it from Josie. Probably.
0: And I mean, it's they they have so many options. That it makes it tough to say who's going to be on the field. I mean, if you play Derrick Henry, do you just show up in a straight three-four with Alex Singleton and Josie Jewel in the middle and say like we we've got to buckle down, make this happen? Even even against like the the Colts, a, a game plan like that might be the way to go. Um, even like I said with Josie, even when your thought is we need more coverage, more pass defenders, bringing in one or even two run defenders and saying, like, okay, everybody up front, don't worry about the run. Just get into the backfield. We're going to man up behind with his uh, – there's there's a bunch of different ways that you can set things up. So I, I think we're going to see plenty of Alex Singleton.
1: Interesting. I think you're higher – I don't want to say higher on him because I I really love the player uh, for what he is. He's, like, yeah. amazing at what he is.
0: He tackles guys. Yes. Like, he does not miss tackles. The, He's the a tackles, wrangler. I mean, how many were these – 4-4 four, four behind the line of scrimmage last year. That's not a great rate for a, a guy who has 137 tackles, but like he does what he does. He's going to find the spot to where you are and take
1: you down. Josie Light. Yes, 100%. How um, light is the question? I mean, he was... He looked light he when he was here. Yeah, <laughs> uh, not in like a bad way. Just like, oh wow, I kind of expected to see like a thumper tackle yeah. guy, and he looks like a athlete.
0: That's one the other thing though. Like all these guys, they know what their strengths and weaknesses are. Totally, like, they go into the off season with a plan. Like the entire Buffs linebacking crew was like, we got to lose weight. It's like I've never I've been saying that.
1: Wanted to play in the Canadian Football League more than when Alex Singleton described his time there. He made it sound <laughs> like the best thing ever. I mean, he was saying without saying it might be better to play in the CFL than the NFL.
0: Yeah, but I mean, some of the the perks, like when he says, like, yeah, everybody just gets along. Everybody wants to hang out. We're all like growing the league because it's kind of small. You know, the the range of salaries is like 60 to 100K. It's like, so we're all kind of right there. In the NFL where there might not be that camaraderie, but there's also like ten times as much money. Oh, totally. That's like why that Ivy's aspect. Here. Exactly. Right. Where it's like if you could just go to a really nice bar every night instead of hanging out with football players in the basement of whatever bar, it'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know.
1: I just would say maybe player like more players should be jumping to the C F L at the end of their career just for like a couple fun years on the yeah. way out.
0: Totally. Or is, just retire and save isn't your Isn't there a
2: limit in the CFL for how many Americans you're allowed to have on a roster, though?
0: There might be. I think there is. What, they're putting Canadians on the roster? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gotta yeah. grow the game. I don't think so. Gotta grow
1: the game. Every player I've ever, like, every time I've ever watched a Canadian football league game, I know all the players. I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy flamed out after being good at Oregon.
0: or like, Maximum of 20 Americans.
1: Okay, so that makes sense. So they're
0: 20 best players. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) except maybe like there's some linemen, like some big, big bulky guys and all that, like they are strong. I think in the KBO they had a maximum of one American.
1: See that's too far, that feels targeted. Do you, uh, I'm not gonna do this like, this seems like I'm opening up a jar, (laughs) a a bad jar, but like, (laughs) what if we said that? Like you can only have so many Europeans on your basketball team. <laughs> that,
0: that, that, I have a feeling there'd be a lot of people who'd be very upset. Exactly, if okay, like, that's was just there. what I was pointing. Like, yeah, that's kind of weird. That is fair. Again, though, like with the CFL, it's like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta give Canadian kids a reason to play the game. Like you're like. <laughs> Yeah, dude, you have a chance to make a team because they already have their maximum
1: Americans. So they have to take some scrubs from <laughs> They They have to take bad players, on, so there's a window for you. Saskatchewan scrubs. Um, all right. Let's uh, uh, take your pick. Forget about the odds. It's all straight up. Who leads the lead, Who leads
0: the team in tackles? I've got to go, Josie. Okay. I've got to go, Josie. I'm
1: going to go, Justin. And I think it's going to be because of the scheme. Yeah. Um, I, I think that... Ivoro looks at Justin gives him the dot and just says like you're the ca- you're the catalyst of this defense You're the everything operates around you. Mm-hmm. Everything is being funneled towards you Yeah, you know and obviously you you're hoping that it's not funneling towards, you know 15 yards downfield, but in this in the sense of like You have the freedom to go wherever you want. Yeah,
0: and it really I mean with the Vic Fangio defense all of it is like pack the middle in make bounce all the runs outside which is better for the safeties? Yeah, and you have like Josie and Singleton who like are good spreading back out there, getting to the edge. But and that does lead towards safeties making tackles, for sure.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Justin. I think Justin has a career year this year. Leads the team in tackles and interceptions. I think I'm with you. Um,
0: Ronald Darby doesn't really intercept pa- yeah. passes. It, um, Pat Sertan's not getting thrown at. He's getting thrown at ever. early. He's getting thrown at early. Why would they do that? Uh, I mean, he's... I think in Denver, we look at him and say, that is a Pro Bowl cornerback. I think around the league, they probably say, that's a top 15 cornerback, and he kind of has to prove it just a little bit more to get up to that level. So I, I it's not that I think teams are going to be like, oh, we got to throw at Pat. I think that they're going to run an offense, and, I mean, what, week one against the Seahawks? Yeah, like, I don't think that they're out there thinking, like, oh, we can't throw a DK, Pat's right there, you know, or Tyler Lockyer, whoever he's on, you know? And I think they're wrong as well. I would love to I'd, see that. I think there's interceptions early on.
1: I really want to see Drew Lock testing sort <laughs> <Pat Sartan>. I <laughs> That's what I want. I want that in my uh, life very badly.
0: Uh, I love going down and I have no, Drew lock uh, rabbit hole.
1: You know, anyone who listens to this show knows I have no ill will against totally. Drew Locke. But, I think when
0: he started, he was a better starter than Teddy was last year.
1: Yeah, and you just opened a can of worms in the comments that we didn't want to deal with today. Sorry, Cale. <laughs> we came uh, off the bench terrible yeah. but when he got
0: to start those games.
1: I, I don't care. Uh, Russell Wilson's <laughs> Broncos quarterback. But I just want to like, – I want I, – I want, the absolute worst for the Seahawks in Week One. I, everyone else, you know, Drew, Noah, um, Shelby, go flourish after Week One. But I hope that I know. Drew throws seven picks. All the Pats are tan, trying to test him, and you know Noah Fant drops a pass that goes off his hands, and Justin Simmons takes it back for six. Like, uh, I want to win the trade ten times over in that
0: game alone. I mean, I think. Outside of Shelby, every one of those guys is in a better situation than they were in with the Broncos. Like, Drew Locke competing with Geno instead of working with Pat Shermer and under Teddy and all that sort of stuff. He's better off. And Noah Fant, easily. Like, they run downfield routes there. Like, if if you watch Noah Fant run three yards and break it, and you're just like, oh, my God, he's not even good at that. But you're not thinking Noah with – with Russ, you're no, thinking no, no, no. Yeah. no. He, he would prefer to be with Russ, and yeah. he would be right. Yeah, no, but I mean, compared to last year, I think outside of Shelby, but again, Shelby gets to be a little bit more of a centerpiece on that defense. Maybe there's an argument outside of Shelby. They're both in better places, and I think I'm 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 rooting for them. I don't I don't want those three to get embarrassed week one. Everybody else, I want to get embarrassed, and then I can pull for them going forward after that. Hmm.
1: Not I that I on will the tweet, really care.
0: Won the trade
1: as many times as possible. <laughs> won the trade. <laughs> I'm going to tweet uh, it 40 times in that game. Yeah, I mean Twitter's going to do that thing where it's going to say, "Sorry, you already sent that." <laughs> yes, I love <laughs> that one. Uh, I'm yeah. like, "I know Twitter. I'm doing a bit here."
0: That's going to be so fun. Um
1: the comment section froze, so uh, we, we don't have to see the No! the true versus teddy stuff. Um Okay. Uh, let's move on here. Give a shout out to Sexy Pizza, who has been delivering pregame pizzas for the DNVR Avalanche guys. The thing is, like, you, are, you and I are kind of – we're, like, in the – They bring four. We're – so they're on deck? Like, we're in the batter circle while they're on deck. Totally. Batter's – what are you – What am, the batter's box.
0: On deck in the circle – in the hole. In,
1: in the hole is when you're standing at the top of the stairs. Yeah. But I, I called it a batter's circle. Which is not it. It's yeah, a you s-
0: I, I'm honestly kind of proud of us for forgetting baseball terms in this town. <laughs> like, this is what should be happening in, in Denver. I really thought I would be one of the people that's like, you know what? I still love
1: the Rockies. And Ugh. I just don't have the energy for it.
0: Yeah. like you I do s-
1: still love the Rockies. Like They have a place yeah, in totally. my heart. They don't have a place on my television set.
0: And I'm not – you just don't get excited about them, you know? Yeah. Like, like, they're never going to be a- – I, I, you never watch a game you're like, oh, I'm going to remember that one. It's like, no. Like, maybe somebody does something cool. Maybe Charlie has a walk-off Grand Slam. But none of it, at the end of the day, really matters at all in the world of sports. I do what I call, like, Twitter following. I Twitter follow the Rockies. And,
1: like, if a bunch of people tweet, like, oh, this game's crazy, then I'll turn it on.
0: Yeah. I, don't, I've, I haven't even turned it on. But that's because I don't <laughs> yeah, have TV. Yeah,
1: that's, that's the way to do it. Yeah. They're like, Chad Cool is Killing it right now. I'm like, all right, I'll turn that on. Wait, Chad Cool? Oh, yeah, Chad Cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll turn that on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sounds cool. Um, all right, anyways, sexy pizza. Hopefully, uh, we can, like, nestle some of those slices.
0: What? There's, like, four of them that are going to be on here. They'll bring four pizzas? At least. Come on. Well, we're, we're getting some pizza. Uh, and if you want some sexy pizza
1: in your life tonight, use the code DNVRAVS when you order for 15% off. Whew. Uh, which is a great deal. I recommend, I think there's like a pepperoni and green chili or a sausage and green Mm -hmm. chili, maybe both. Uh, Get that. It is so, so good. Uh, So check out our friends over at Sexy Pizza uh, and make sure you use that code DNVRAVS for 15% off your pies tonight. All right. No super chats that I know of. So let's jump into the comments from our listeners on the website right now. And give me one sec. It's another one of those things that Zach's really good at. Uh, first one comes <laughs> in from Monster Mayhem. Ooh. Never been a hockey fan in my life, but listening to you guys has opened my eyes to it. Yes. Cheering on the abs for the remainder and maybe from here on out. Broncos are kings in Denver, but this is definitely a sports town. Hashtag girls before squirrels. We've had a Girl- lot of squirrel talk. I've on heard. The pod recently. I've heard.
0: I, I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah you're, yeah, you're enjoying the squirrel stuff? Yeah, it is crazy that, like, everywhere thinks that they have special squirrels. Like, you know what? You know what the, the truth is? All squirrels are special. Maybe that's what we found out. All squirrels are special. You know- but if you go to every college campus in the country, the first week of school, pick up the student newspaper. There will be a story about the squirrels. Mm. Like, it's the first thing that happens every year at every yep. student newspaper. It's like, oh, the squirrels are so fat here. Like, you're not going to believe it. Squirrel stories. They're all into the squirrels. And it's every single campus. And I commented this before, but I remember I was down in Minnesota for my sister's graduation. My dad's like, oh, you're not going to believe the squirrels. Everybody talks about the squirrels here. Like, it's like it's What school I- is this? Carleton College. Kay. Yeah, but, like, I just didn't have the heart to tell him, like, no, these are just squirrels. Squirrel. These are just squirrels. Guess why they're here? There's a lot of kids here. Kids make messes. They eat outside and they drop crumbs everywhere. Yeah, it's heaven <laughs> for squirrels. We get it. It's a college campus. Like, it's. If you're uh, a squirrel, where would you live? Wow. See, the thing is, like, you can't you can't choose a beach. You have fur. Like, you need something yeah. like temperate, moderate at yes. least. You know, I so, think maybe
1: Boulder's the spot. Maybe Boulder's uh, squirrel. Boulder's
0: heaven. hot now, though. I mean, but it's not bad. Like, it's in the running. Like, you don't want anything up in Minnesota. Madison? uh, Even
2: uh, if if you can get just a little
0: bit south of there. Um, Like Stanford. I think the Stanford squirrels have it going. Beach views, got a nice little breeze, 50 degrees year-round, whatever. I don't know what happens. Palo Alto squirrels are living it up. Yeah. All right. uh, Appreciate you, Monster Mayhem, and go Abs. Also, I think Monster Monster Mayhem, I think that's like a casino game. Oh. I think if you go into, like, one of those gas station casinos, like, it's, it's a Kino game. Really? I think, yeah, I think I've won a bunch of money on Monster Mayhem.
1: I'm really anti, like, slots or anything that involves a computer.
2: Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, and that's totally the right thought to have. But then you start playing and it's Bro. like, you can get into the bonus and it starts multiplying. You're like, you, you can win a bunch of money without losing Spencer much.
1: Spencer is obsessed with this, like, big wheel game. And I always tell him what an idiot he is, and then he wins, like, $1,000. And I'm like, I, yeah. I can't tell him that anymore. Yeah. From next, next one's from Broncos Only, who says, hi, Zach and RK, or maybe Henry. Um, I've been banking my portion of a communal comment time for a while. This I is a it. concept in my own head to limit sharing drivel to an amount <laughs> in proportion to my financial contribution to this community. I'm going to spend a month's <laughs> worth now with two quick items. <laughs> I love, <laughs> love this. It's like $9-ish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, less than that, I guess. Like $6, $6 worth. Um, number one, I wanted to share that one of my sports attendance Hall of Fame moments was going to Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Finals in 2001 between Colorado and New Jersey. Colorado won the Game 3-1 and the Series 4-3. I was in New York City already, so the margin it cost me, the price of the ticket, and bus fare. The game featured Ray Bork's final goal of his career. Wow. If that name means anything to you, it was awesome. Yes, that name means a lot to us. It sure does. <laughs> um <laughs> Number two, I'm in London, England right now on Ooh. vacation, and honestly, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: incredible.
1: To each their own, but for me, the highlight of my day is finally resting my head on the pillow and listening to the Daily Pod. <laughs> if you guys come over for the game, I'm sure you'll have an awesome time. I guess I have a passion for just one thing now, Broncos only.
0: Well, I'm not a huge traveler myself. It actually pisses my girlfriend off. She's like, oh, you want to go there? You want to go there? It's like, we have color... Like, want to go golfing instead like why not yeah. just hang out here like i don't need to go to a beach to have a good time my apartment has a pool like i don't even go to that but yeah, yeah like london either. like what do you do you walk around Bro, like you see don't the old talk shit down
1: on london right now
0: I, I thought i mean he he started it. i know
1: I, let's end it uh, we have a lot of listeners over there
0: I, do they look. have they don't have good food though is the thing like if you want to like go around hit the bars like the bars would be fun I just wonder about the food. I Although love
1: Indian food, pie, and like, I've heard that Indian food in England is really good.
2: Yo, yeah, I disagree with you, Hank. I've been to London twice and had amazing meals both times. Really? Yeah.
0: Hmm. It just—I don't know. I think the Americans kind of got food right. We took the best from mm-hmm. everywhere, made it our own. I, you okay? I, I think, just went to Domino's three days ago. <laughs> this is the up. best place in the country. Henry the world.
1: taking food advice from Henry—definitely not a good idea. The grilled cheese at the I will DMV say, bar. The fact that, like, and maybe this is true of London. I don't know. I've never been to a big city in another country. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, like, I love the fact that you could get, within one mile of here, you could get food from maybe any country in the world. Isn't that nice? It's great.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Like, I'm not anti-London, but uh, I do wonder, like.
1: I'm really excited to see it. Uh, I, I have no expectations. So, like, all my expectations are that I'm going to be drunk and have a good time, and that's in my control.
0: That is true. Weather's gonna be shit. Don't
1: care. Okay. Um (laughs) that's good stuff from Broncos only though. Maybe it's laps. Yes. From Melbourne Bronco, my boys, yes, drop bears are a myth. Us Aussies (laughs) love having fun with tourists and spreading the myth. Although koalas seem cute And some are. In zoos, you can even have a cuddle with them. But in the wild, they're nasty, chlamydia-ridden, stinky creatures. And squirrels were introduced here over 100 years ago but were wiped out by feral cats and native wildlife. Cheers and go abs. That's pretty badass of Australia. That, like, certain species can't jive there because there's too many predators.
0: Yeah, that is dope. But also, koalas have chlamydia? That's
1: where that comes from? You know... I don't want to go. I don't want to mentally go down
0: that road. Um, I mean, of most, uh, this could be wrong. I believe most diseases come from animals at some point and then they get to us. Did chlamydia start with koalas? You know, that's probably a conversation for a different podcast. That's probably a conversation with Melbourne Bronco. Hey, our, I'm going
1: to shut you off right here. Yeah, uh, fair. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's, yes. we're gonna save that for DMVR apps pregame. <laughs> um, dude. Anyways, koalas, I like they look really cute until they like open their mouths.
0: I don't think they talk. I don't even think they make sounds.
1: <laughs> I just mean their mouths are creepy.
0: Really? Yeah. Okay, I got. I mean, I'll Google real quick koala mouth. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> All right. Oh <Okay. laughs> shit. Everybody everybody who's watching and listening to this Google koala map <laughs> Look at this, it's hilarious <laughs> it's, it's just, just a bunch of
1: pictures of koalas yawning
0: <laughs> they, they are, yeah They, I mean I don't know what I expected They are kind of narrow in the front They are kind of beaverish with those again. little teeth
1: Yeah, look at the, like Yeah, that one right in the middle there With like the brown background
0: Yeah, like the teeth They have teeth here and then back there But they don't have anything to connect them yeah it's, like where the incisors go
1: it's a bit much um yeah i mean kale could have brought that
0: up you'd think he would but <laughs> whatever
2: sorry i didn't want to scar our audience no it's honestly not <laughs> scarring
0: it's just funny <laughs> it's a <it's,
2: they're> all
1: <laughs> drop bears <laughs> No, that was scarring that yeah Dan Burke says, hey, guys, so I know a few things will probably change in camp, but how do you think the receiver room shakes out as things stand today? Do they keep five, six, or seven? Which guys make it? Does someone get traded like Trinity Benson did, etc.? All right. So I want to talk about all the givens first. Cool. Yep. Corlin Sutton, obvious. Tim Patrick, obvious. Uh, Jerry Judy, obvious. And I'm going to say Montrell Washington is an absolute stone-cold lock. And then I'll throw in K.J. Hamler. As, like, a 99%
0: lock. I mean, he's he was a second-round pick two years ago. Yeah. Like, he's an absolute lock. I, I'm so, not there on Montrell. He's he's on. He's on the team. He's he's uh, going to be the returner. You what, to, I mean, if you he drops done? two punts in, in a preseason game, uh, which a rookie could absolutely do. Like, I don't think he's a lock. I, thi- I think he's a very clear favorite to be number five. I think they're definitely like, planning on bringing a returner on. George Payton just, like, took one of his precious draft
1: picks and handed it to Dwayne Stooks and said, yeah. do whatever you want with this.
0: It's not like the most precious of the draft picks, though.
1: He thinks every draft pick is precious.
0: Uh, we're we're talking about, like, rubies, not diamonds.
1: Fair enough. All I know is that he allowed Dwayne Stooks to make that pick, mm-hmm. and I don't think he's going to cut him.
0: I don't think so either. I do think that those are the five, and everybody else kind of has an uphill battle. So, Kendall Hinton, I think, makes the team. Yeah. Then, um...
1: You've got Seth Williams, gone. Yeah. Um,
0: He made a couple plays. Tyree
1: Cleveland, he's hurt, but not as bad as it originally looked, but I still think you're probably not going to get his A game gone, in my opinion. None of those guys that do enough for me to say, like, I'm going to keep seven, which is way – like, you're you're extending yourself at the position if you keep seven. The only way I would say Tyree makes it is if he's healthy enough to show that he's the best gunner on the team. Yeah. And he can be. Um, So that's the way I would think of it, but I would almost be putting him in like the specialist role, um, the same way I'm putting Montrell Washington. But I think the number is six.
0: Yeah. I, I do think the number is six. I, I think that I probably give Seth Williams a little bit better chance to beat out Kendall Hinton than you do. Um, but I, I still think that Kendall Hinton is like the clear option. If they were to trade somebody, though, it would probably be Hinton. I don't think they touch any of the big four just because none of them are proven enough to...
1: Yeah, Hinton would be the Trinity Benson. Exactly. Um, I think that'd probably be a good move to make. Yeah. From Denver Rivals says, Hey, guys, I just wanted to say that Denver Rivals is four days away. I hope the Avs win in five so the DMVR fam are free to support on June 26th. With the corpse flower blooming, it guarantees the Broncos will <laughs> have a winning record. Last time it bloomed was 2016, the year after the Broncos won the Super Bowl. And they went nine and seven that season. So I guess that means we'll go at least nine and eight or better. Go Broncos and D N V R fam support uh Denver rivals. What a great stat. That is. Broncos winning record. We gotta go back to see what it was the last time it blew. Yeah,
0: but I mean if if we're saying like nine and seven good omen, I mean they were basically nine and seven or better all the way back through the eighties. Like there were some that weren't, but but pretty close to it. For sure. They, you'd think those would be mostly hits.
1: Next one's Mile High Buckeye. My boys, first off, I love how off the rails you guys have gotten the last few days. Um, holy Diver in the comments disagrees. He just left because of that. Uh, it's great content and gets me through <laughs> the work day. Also, as a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, I wanted to let you guys know I've been pulling for the abs throughout the playoffs. A lot of former Blue Jackets have gone through the Mile High City, including Jack Johnson, Ryan Murray, and my guy, Matty Calvert. Everyone loves Matt Calvert. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you guys bring home the cup. On the topic of squirrels, yes. There are two major species of squirrels in the U.S. The eastern gray, which is smaller and gray in color, and the fox squirrel, larger and reddish brown in color. Uh-huh. The fox squirrels are typically more bold and will stand up to humans and bark at people. Regarding the black and white squirrels, both species appear uh, can appear black or white, but they are rare in cases. Uh, the white ones are albino, which are is a rare double recessive trait. The black squirrels, eastern gray or fox, have high melanism and are exceedingly rare. Since the gene is double recessive, only squirrels with a black coat can produce offspring with black coats. This is why they only appear in certain areas, towns, campuses, a park, etc. The groups are all related to each other. Much love, guys. Looking forward to the
0: football season. And go Avs, Alex. You think if it... So, black squirrels, obviously the best squirrel. Fair? Uh, yeah, for sure. So does that mean Top all the squirrel. other squirrels want to get with the black squirrel? Or do, they, do you wind up with the black squirrels primarily breeding with black squirrels to keep the, the black squirrels going... I don't know. This, seems a, this is like,
1: seems a little on the edge for me. Is it? <laughs>
0: I think we're fine. I think that they probably. Do you think squirrels even see. Co- like, do they have eyes that can decipher color? Kale, do squirrels see color? <laughs> um, I, That is a really good question. I will question. look it up. But I do think. I mean, if you. You just got to put yourself in the mind of a brown squirrel. <laughs> You're totally. Those black squirrels are so cool. They look so much cooler. You're By like, wow, far. I
1: would love my offspring to look like a combination of between a black panther and a squirrel.
0: Yes, absolutely. I, I do think that you probably see more black squirrels getting it on than the, the brown ones. Squirrels the
2: can see color, but they are all red-green colorblind.
0: Have you seen? They'll show like so the... They're, uh,
2: they're not really seeing the
0: reddish-brown in the fox uh, squirrels. Interesting. But there's like the the color... They'll, they'll show you like the color spectrum but what different animals see. Oh, that And so it's great. like dogs can only see these colors. The others are just like gray or whatever. I wonder... Those are really cool. I'd love to see a squirrel one, I guess is all that I'm is saying. Really I'll do cool. that on my own time, though.
1: Vic Lombardi is colorblind, and it's really fun to mess with him about it. Really? Yeah. I'm going to keep that in mind. Yeah, he sometimes goes to the wrong tea boxes. So I've heard. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, Virginia Beach Bronco says, Over the years, my boys, uh, I have been listening to the DNVR pod and BSN pod. We never... No, when a classic will, bro- uh, will drop. What we're referring to as the squirrel episode has now been listened to twice through. <laughs> when, at, uh, when at the end, RK offers, quote, heat as the reason for squirrels' <laughs> hostile behavior.
0: <laughs> and Zach immediately says, trying to mate with you. We all lose it. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, that did give you some images. It gave, gave me some images and I was
1: listening. The, squ- Caught that one, yeah. the squirrel episode. The funny thing about those episodes is that turns into Squirrel Week. It, totally. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah. What a great time for me to be on this show. Because more Squirrel Talk produces more squirrel comments. Guarantee you there will be more tomorrow.
0: I got Lucia's Zoo Animal Rakings oh. in terms of, like, you know, favorite to least favorite. It goes monkeys, pretzels, zebras. <laughs> okay. She really loves the pretzels there. Wow. That's,
1: like, you can make me think of a uh, sloth. Is the most pretzel-like
2: animal? Whoa!
0: Honestly, maybe a squirrel. <laughs> Color-wise? Yeah, like that has the color, kind of like a smallish size, like snack size, you know, not like a meal. And then, like the way it twists, like I feel like the way I
1: don't know, squirrels. I'm thinking move. of like a sloth hanging on, like. A branch kind of <laughs> looking like a
0: pretzel i was thinking about squatting <laughs> on the branch eating a pretzel and started laughing um oh god pretzel like animals yeah i know i think those are the two by the way
1: lucia is andre's daughter if you didn't uh, know yeah hank was talking about there
0: it's weird how like a brown snake should very easily be the most pretzel like but nothing about that feels like a pretzel
1: <laughs> so true no pretzel-like qualities. At no. all. Yeah. Also, are there even like a, just like a golden oh, brown snake? There's a lot
0: of them, yeah. Okay. I think rat, rattlesnakes can be brownish.
1: But they have a lot of other patterns.
0: They do. But it get, isn't it wild? Like, Snakes have those awesome patterns in them, and I'm still just like, nope, all of them should be gone. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't feel that way about snakes, but I understand why people are freaked out by They're them. They're gross. They're like one of the most alien-like things. yeah they're they're freaky the way they move is so fascinating and dope to me um other people not for them all right let's uh probably wrap there yeah let's leave it at that like a pretzel yes let's wrap that one end over the other twist twist a little bit Twist a little bit and call that a show for us This has been fun. Appreciate you guys. Again, shout-out to Hope Kids for hosting us out at their golf tournament today. We had an absolute blast. And look out. uh, Hopefully, we're going to come up with a a great idea to partner with them and make an awesome event so we can help raise money for them as well. Um, But for today, that's going to wrap it up for us. Stay tuned for the DNVR Avs pregame show coming along here just in about 30 minutes. Uh, And come down to the DNVR bar. Go Avs. We'll talk to you tomorrow.